0: podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network.
1: On the Front Burner puts two no-nonsense culinary professionals on air discussing tough industry topics, interviewing fascinating food personalities, and providing penetrating looks at the industry that we love.
0: We don't always agree and often provide compelling personal insights from a unique combination of life experiences. You know, it's a lively give and take. It's by no means conventional.
1: Elaine owns Sweet Cheeks Baking Company and is a winner of the Food Network's Cupcake Wars and Fabulous Cakes. A seasoned industry professional, she is a cake designer and a certified sommelier.
0: Don is a chef, an award-winning journalist, and a culinary educator. Together we take a not-always-pretty, sometimes funny and always entertaining look at the world of food and beverage.
1: Hello and welcome to On the Front Burner. I'm Don Williamson.
0: I'm Elaine Sony.
1: And we've been pretty heavy the past few weeks. We've been talking about the shortage of cooks. We've been talking about restaurants going out of business. We've Kind of been on a downer mode. We decided to have a little fun today, and we're going to talk about wine. I
0: know. It's been so depressing. All these topics you've been bringing up, so depressing.
1: And wine is one of Elaine's favorite subjects. And I think I've told you before that Elaine is a sommelier. And whenever I say that, sometimes people say, she's a what? And is there a cure for that? But, they don't really.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but what? But a sommelier is a m- person that knows everything in the universe about wine. No, no, a
0: sommelier is somebody. I would say who studies, teaches, educates, and guides people on wine. And there are, of course, many levels. So. Well, I think that's one of the things that we want to talk about today. Well, that's what
1: I just said, Elaine.
0: Yeah, sort of.
1: Okay. But <laughs> I we, am
0: definitely not of the master ilk,
1: Right. But however. We're, but, we, but we're going to talk today about wine, about local wines, about the... Just the way it, wine is exploding in our region, but we're, first we're going to talk about sommeliers. We're going to explain what that is. We're going to talk about the different levels of sommelier, and one of the and the top level of sommelier is a master sommelier. And there uh-huh. are only two hundred and seventy four master sommeliers in the entire world.
0: I think one hundred and forty four of them are here in the U.S. Actually,
1: I believe you're right, which is a
0: pretty big amount if you mm-hmm. think about it.
1: And why do people want to be a sommelier? Well, one of the reasons is because an advanced sommelier makes about $87,000 a year, whereas a master sommelier Double makes it. about $164,000 yeah. a year, yeah. which is a significant reason. And unless I'm wrong, this started in 1969, this whole classification, and the very first one is from where, Lane Well, the
0: first U.S. master sommelier is actually a friend of ours, uh, Eddie Osterland And funny, he I woke up one day and walked outside my hallway and there was Eddie Osterland standing across the door from me, who was apparently had just moved into the unit right across from us. And we became fast friends. And he's absolutely darling. And um, he still will always say that he doesn't consider himself as... Uh, I, I don't know the way he says it. He doesn't consider himself as knowledgeable about wine now because he hasn't been on the floor selling it for many years. But... He has turned his uh, America's First Master Sommelier title into being other things. So he actually speaks all across the world. He gives really great talks to corporate groups, motivational, in addition to kind of how to power stock your home with the best or your, you know, entertain your guests, you know, with the best wines and how to do something cool. And while you you know, while your colleagues, while your friends, while your boss, he's a pretty neat guy. Super sweetheart.
1: Great. And we don't have Eddie here today, but we have my favorite sommelier in the entire universe, and believe me. You
0: already introduced me, Don. <laughs> oh,
1: we have He has
0: used this before about me, so now apparently it's about
1: somebody else. <laughs> we now have my second favorite cheater. sommelier in the universe. And she kind of has a, a rare distinction because not only is she knowledgeable about wine, not only is she a wonderful person, her last name is Redwine.
0: Woohoo! <laughs> Lisa Liu!
1: Lisa Redwine, welcome to On the Front Burner.
0: Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. We're excited to have you, Lisa. Lisa Redwine and I have been friends for many years. And we have been involved in the Women's Wine Alliance for many years. And I think I met her. She was, uh, were you already a psalm when I met you? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I was selling wine at the time. And now she is, in fact, a advanced sommelier and will be sitting for her master exam in 2020. Again. Hopefully. yeah. That's the plan. Yes, that's the plan. So so um, I really wanted to talk a little bit about how things have evolved in the field of psalms here, especially okay. in San Diego or, you know, in the U.S., I guess, in general. But I've just been floored at how many people are getting their psalm exam or getting their certificate and then moving on, how many masters there are. It's it's kind of mind-blowing. And I think the biggest thing was talking to you. So you work with Regal Wine Group now. And hearing you say how many masters work under one roof at mm-hmm. this company. Well, and I – you know, for me, um, I never pick-
2: pictured myself selling wine, to be quite honest. I, I – love being on the floor. I picture being a sommelier, an art form. It's something I take very seriously. But selling wine, in particular for Regal, is really just a transition between selling wine to a customer at a table to a customer who's actually buying the wine. And the thing that really speaks volumes to me about Regal is the investment they make in quality. It's true in the bottles that they produce, with Jackson Family Wines, it's true, and our winery trading partners. And it's true with the people that work for the company. And the fact that they ha- employ not only masters sommeliers that represent the top of the top in the service industry, but also uh, masters of wine. And um, really support education that isn't about how to sell a case of wine. It's about the wine that's within the case. Ah. And I think that that is something... And again, this is the only company I've ever sold wine for, but it's really an investment in the people that work for the company and I think that speaks volumes.
0: Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. No, it's great and I know other people that work for the company. How big is the how big are? Is it just Southern California Regal or is it all over the country?
2: Um, well, Regal exists in the state of California, northern okay. and southern California, and then it's you know, the wines are distributed through other other distributors through, throughout the the United States, but we're really a California company. It's not a corporation. I work for a family. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a big company. It's um, it's a really interesting um, and diver- diverse work environment. And it's one that, you know, when you have an idea, you can send it somewhere and see an immediate impact. So it's, you know, you're more than just just putting up cases. You're right. you're part of something really special.
1: And li- That's and, great. And Lisa, I know that Elaine mentioned you've got a number of sommeliers working mm-hmm. at your establishment. How many master sommeliers <sighs> are there?
2: I think one, two, three, four. I believe
0: five. Which is insanity. There
2: are when 144 only, in the country. And There's only five in, one, in the this world. This is
0: one small company. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not a huge mega company of the U.S. This is a small company. And there are five. I mean, granted, it's a wine company. It's in California. I realize California is known for wine. If you're going to have a bunch, they might be here. But that to me is mind blowing. Well, and again, it just goes back to the emphasis
2: on quality and excellence at our company. It really starts. It's part of our culture. It's not something we talk about. It's something we breathe. So.
1: Yeah, and we might want to tell folks a little bit more about being a psalm because we keep saying and people are saying, what's a psalm and what does it take to be a psalm?
2: So, first of all, a sommelier really is just a wine steward. I mean, that's what a sommelier is. You know, somebody that, Break it oh, down. You know, yeah. And yeah. in the world today, there's so many different programs that you can use to expand and develop your craft. So you have the court of master sommeliers, which mm-hmm. is what I'm a part of, which right, my certification mm-hmm. is. And when we refer to master sommeliers, that's the certification that comes through the court of master sommeliers. And then you have Wessett, um, which is the prerequisite for the master's of wine program. We also, I really want to point out that we have a new MW located in San Diego, which is Lindsay Pomeroy. Um, and We've, I mean, for those of us in the wine industry in San Diego. An
1: MW, what's that? Master,
2: Master of wine. wine. You can't not know Lindsay. She's amazing. And so she just passed her MW, Master of Wine. Um, and then there's also the French Wine Scholar, the Italian Wine Scholar. Um, and there's other multiple certifications. And I also teach at SDSU um, through their Business of Wine program, which really is an impactful program for people who maybe don't have any knowledge in the wine industry but want to, they can take that certificate program, launch right into their, their certification of choice, whether it's Wesset, whether it's uh, Quartermaster Sommeliers or the Wine Scholar Program. So there's, you know, for me, when I think of Sommelier, I think of somebody that is really in pursuit of bettering what their profession is. Um, even though I don't work the floor right now, I will never not consider myself a Sommelier Ever. I just, it's well, a part.
0: I, I get that. Yeah. I I don't even work in the wine business right now, and I feel the same. Right. I mean, you know, here I am around cakes every day, and I still, you know, if somebody talks about wine, I don't go bragging that I'm some sommelier, and I'll even tell them. You know, it's been a long time since I've been in the business, but I still teach on occasion. Mm-hmm. I still host wine dinners on occasion, and I try to keep my foot in the door at least a little bit so right. I don't lose it all. But it's you always, you know, it's something you worked hard to get right
2: and to do. Well, yeah. and... You know, for those who study wine, whether you – know, and, and, you know, having a pin is great, you know, but I'll tell you this. When I put on that pin, I'm really not thinking about the pin. I'm thinking about the journey that it took me to get to that pin.
1: And, and you mean a sommelier yeah, pin right. people have no idea what you mean by pin. Oh,
2: I'm sorry. So when you put on – when I put on my green advanced sommelier certification pin.
0: Mine is not green. Well, <laughs>
2: well, but any, but you know, know you wear base. it with pride. What, yeah. no matter which certification is, you've worked for that. Mm-hmm. And I think about the stories I have, and the frustrations and the successes. There's a lot that goes into it. Yes, money is a key thing as an advanced sommelier, You'd think, like, I mean, it's there. Really, is that chasm between advanced sommelier and master smallier? However, for me, it was never about money. It was always about being better in the craft, knowing more, and more importantly, and I I don't think I have to say it because anybody that knows me knows two things about me. I'm passionate about wine, and I'm passionate about sharing it with others. And to me, let's just say what if. What if I never become a master sommelier, I would want to leave this earth that I've that I have inspired others to pursue their dreams.
0: I think, you know, even in our Women's Wine Alliance, when you've done a lot of the seminars that I've been to, I always get a ton out of it. I think you're an excellent educator. And I think it's really, I'm with you. I think it's a really um, great thing to recognize that, so what if you don't have the the new pin in the future? If you do, great. Fabulous, congrats. But if you don't, I feel like you contribute so much to this community in the wine world. And even to me, you know, to me personally, I've felt it. I know I don't know anyone in the wine business who doesn't know your name. Now, it does help to be named Lisa Red Wine. Um, but, you know, I mean, I just think it's, I think you've contributed a ton. And so I'm going to say thank you in general, because already I know that I've learned a ton from you when I've gone. And actually, we have another guest in our studio today who has taken your class at SDSU. And that is Lisa Kelly, who works up at Cheval Winery, which is one of our local wineries here in Escondido. And um, I have been fortunate enough to do um, a couple fun recent classes up at Cheval, and it's been super fun. But Lisa, I'm so glad you're here, too. I have my, I'm dueling Lisa's today. Thank
3: you for having me. I love that you're sitting in the middle of us, too. Not, <laughs> your, your audience can't see us, but you are definitely sandwiched by
0: Lisa's. <laughs> I am sandwiched by Lisa's. And the best part about today is that Lisa Redwine brought white wine, and Lisa Kelly brought the red wine. <laughs> so thank you both for contributing to our beverage today. That was really you know, nice. It's work. You know, it it's, is. Hard, it's hard it not is work. to work without wine.
3: You'd come, you'd feel empty-handed if you arrived
0: without a bottle oh, yeah. of wine. So well, I brought a cake. <laughs> 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 Sorry, we're not eating it. So um, Lisa Kelly, I just wanted—I to, I have to now say—you you could be Lisa one and two. I don't know, but um, Lisa Kelly. So when you took the class from Lisa Red Wine, and that was when you were first kind of jumping into the wine world of working up at a at a vineyard. Is that why you took it?
3: It is. So yeah. my background is in hospitality. Yeah. So I had the pleasure of working at Ranch Bernardo Inn and was taught by some of the best oh, I how, know that. as it relates to um, food and beverage. And I, I learned some about wine. It, I was fascinated by it, but then I my career took me in another direction and um, ran an event company and still do, um, is how I met the owner of Cheval Winery. That's how you met me. And how I met you. Yeah. And so um, – my project was finished, which was consulting her on keeping the vineyard that had been in the ground for almost ten years and putting her horses somewhere else. Because just <laughs> to tell a little bit about the story, yeah. she bought. Uh, she was out looking for horse property. She found property. It had a small two-acre vineyard on it, and she says she calls me up and says they have a vineyard on this property. It's beautiful, but that's where I want to put the horses. And I said, well, just hold your horses and we'll have a conversation over this. And I researched a little bit about the vineyard, how long it had been there, what it was producing. Um, Didn't know a lot about wine, but I knew some about business. So i persuaded Donna Kaufman to keep the vineyard and rebrand it to Cheval and said, I need to learn some language and some, you know, some basics and, the wine association in Escondido introduced me to Lisa Redwine in her class. Ah, Yeah. So that's how I got to down, you know, from Carlsbad hauled myself down to San Diego state and was really pleased. I took it. It was, um, I, I know some, you know, I know about Tara and I know, you know, a little bit about the regions and now I know where I want to travel to because I got to hear some of her amazing stories about, her journey and how she learned and experienced it. So it's yeah. pretty exciting.
0: It does make such a huge difference when you go to the place where the grapes are grown or where the wine is made, especially if you can get your hands dirty or your hands wet and working in a winery, even if it's just for a couple of days, just volunteering, which I got to do yeah. many years ago. I did that in 93 for Acacia and I got to work for a whole harvest with them. It was insanity how much more you learn. Even just carrying the manure from the bullpen. <laughs> You know, awesome. I didn't know about you guys, but
2: i I had the privilege to do that at chemstromsberg and oh. Um, oh beautiful it for and I mean this is years and years and years ago, yeah, and for me, it was such an appreciation for the whole cycle of wine,
0: right mm-hmm. It
2: ceased to be something that you uncorked it was something that started in the vineyard, which. I you know until you experience it you can you think you know it but until you're there four o'clock in the morning you hear, right. you know the coyotes mm-hmm. and the bears are roaming around and then the sun comes up and the bees and how hard, how absolutely backbreaking labor that is yes the viticulturist the vi- the learned. viticultural aspect yeah. of it it's it's really um it's really eye opening experience for sure. It's interesting to hear you speak
3: about all the little creatures because oh, yeah. um I've spent a lot of time at Cheval, so it sits on six acres, and we have accommodations there um and I wanted to get my my hands dirty, and you taught me about the term the embryo that when the the bud breaks and in that first you know and and so that it's fascinating and I'm loving learning all about it, so it's it's definitely captured me, and it's captured the owner like she went from she loves her horses, but she's She's pretty excited yeah, about this project. Is. And we're celebrating a year um, this Sunday. Uh, I gonna... know.
0: The one your anniversary party is I on know. Sunday. Yeah,
3: it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have, um, you know, all everything you have at a party. But what's fun is right now the buds just started breaking. So, oh, cool. And you're right. The labor that goes into it. Um, Francisco Robles, who's been handling these grapes since the stock went into the ground, ten you know it's actually 11 years um he's there every day even on the weekends when he's not paid to be there he comes and checks his grapes his vines and um it's it is backbreaking but those creatures he's got all kinds of stuff up to try to you know we've got the owl houses and we have um, he put scarecrows up and the mm-hmm. owner thought it was because it was um getting close to halloween uh, those aren't for you <laughs> she's so funny <laughs> She is a kick, isn't
1: she? Okay, now we've got everybody out there wanting to be a sommelier. I want us to kind of talk a little bit more about that. Uh, Number one, it's not cheap to be a sommelier, is it?
2: No, no. No, every time, every year, I do my taxes and oh. I look at all my wine receipts. I'm like, oh,
0: that's the thing. Everyone talks about how much it costs to take the exam. That isn't the cost. You know, it's no. the opportunity cost. It's lost work. It's missing out on your family and friends. It's buying all that damn wine to taste because someone's got to drink it to learn it.
2: Well, and so here, sadly enough, I can't even tell you. Well, thank God I have a Coravin because now I don't throw out as much wine as I used to. But it's it's not that you're drinking for enjoyment, really. It's you're drinking to learn. Right. And um, even like when we tried this little Verdejo, I couldn't help but like in my head think about oh the acidity level. Yeah, it was and, great like, acidity,
0: actually. Right,
2: and then think about you know primary fruit. You know, mm. it's, it's not. It's this is a great wine just to kick back on a hot day and enjoy. And, and yeah, you're
0: analyzing it, top right?
2: Um, you know, and the cost too. I mean, it's like buying a car you know, people think the expense is the car, but it's not. It's all the other things that come along with it. Right. Um, analogy. I think too, that, you know, especially I was, I was talking to um, uh, a person that I've known for a long time, who, when I met, didn't have any certifications, and now he's an MS. And we were talking about how long we've been studying. And I remember being at his house to blind taste when my youngest son was – we just brought him home from the hospital. And that youngest son is now 10, you know. And, you know, in this last time I took the MS exam, I had to take a step back. I took four years out for some personal family reasons. Four years of not studying is really the equivalent of 15 years of not studying. I, Think about all the well, All the
0: evolution in the wine world is – yeah.
2: And the producers and the vintage and the wine laws and, you know, and I, silly me, I thought, oh, I can catch up in a year. I'm, a, you know, I do sure. not fail well, and I, I failed. So and, how many uh, times
1: have you taken the this? This will
2: be my third time.
0: Oh, that's not terrible. It's you know, not, right? but people take it five times, sure,
2: but well, five, seven, eight. I yeah. mean, well, and I for, don't know. It, and yeah. for me, it's it's about. Every day I ask myself this question Am I better at my craft today than I was yesterday? Yes. Okay, great. All right, great, move on. But it's required me to really change some things. Like I'm taking some French wine and the Italian wine scholar classes to help me get caught up. I'm, you know, I literally, if it's not work related, family related, faith related, I am studying. Good for you. And, um, and sometimes, you know, studying will scoot one of those three things out because it might be a priority in that moment. Or sometimes studying is part of the, one of those three things, right, which is exactly. also nice. mm-hmm. um, And some people say that that's a sacrifice. However, when I look at my two children, I see them being okay with not passing. Some people call it failure. I say failure is wanting to do something and not doing it. That to me is failure. I see them being supportive. Um, they clearly identify me with wine. Um, and I think there's a real success in that. And I think there's a real win, win, in, win in that.
0: Um, I think it's great. Educa- they must be really proud of you that you're not giving up, that you're trying it again, and that you're not looking at, like you said, you're not looking at it as, as a failure if you don't pass. You're looking at it as an opportunity to get better for the next time. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And, you know, some people might say, oh, You know, there are some people that'll never pass. Well, those are the people that give up and that's not me. And if I had to change the four years that I took off, I would not have. I wouldn't change a thing because at the end of the day, what I was dealing with had a beginning and an end. And it was really important for me to be present in those moments. And wine never goes away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And I always say like wine is my passion. It's like it's, you know, it's. Some days it's hard to study. Some days it's grindy. you know. Some days there's regions I'm not really that excited about. But then I think, wow, I could be doing something like statistical analysis <laughs> or something <laughs> rocket science, like something that I have absolutely no feeling for. And the fact that I've been lucky enough to, to do something that I'm really passionate about – not only and work for a company that's supportive of it mm-hmm. and in an organization that represents the best of the best I'm okay with that and what about the pebble effect i mean
3: here i am get introduced to right. a vineyard only based on somebody that trusts my opinion and next thing i know i'm in your class and i'm learning more and francisco has a different level of respect for me cuz i'm out in the vines i'm harvesting with him and i'm bottling with him and i'm you know i The things that we do together, I'm learning alongside somebody that's been around wine for a long time. Now, Duncan Williams is our winemaker, and him and his wife, Mayor, take time with me. But that really goes back to starting with you and the class that you give your time to, to keep the knowledge and as well as, you know, uh, share it with others.
2: Well, and, you know, in that, I would like to say I'm unique, but I'm not. I know so many great wine people in this business that are just like me. And I, I think those are – I think those are really amazing people to surround yourself with, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I think about San Diego and the evolution of, of not only, you know, the restaurant community but just like at SDSU, the the wine community at large and, and also to the beverage and spirits community where there's such a focus on education whether whether it comes from a grape, you know, a hop or a spirit, you know. There's something to be learned for all of it. And it just benefits the beverage and, by the way, culinary industry. For sure. Um, I always say wine is like the A1 of beverages. Like for me, I can't imagine. I mean, I like to have a glass of wine at the end of the night, but my favorite way to enjoy wine is with great food. Yeah. Or even like pizza. Some days days maybe not great pizza. (laughs) Some days. There's never such
0: awful pizza. Right, that, it's that not is edible, true. Right, that is true. There is sometimes not drinkable wine. Oh, well, yeah. we're going
3: to have some great food on Sunday, so I hope all three of oh, you are coming. Yes.
0: Well, you know I'm going,
3: and you I'll know go. that's funny. French Gourmet is doing some food for our wine members oh. and my invited guest, and um, our marketing person. Takes out a picture of her parents that were married 33 years ago, and it was the whole wedding was done by the French gourmet Aww, who's been in business so for cute. 40 years. Oh. Yeah,
1: who happens to be that's one, one of our members of Chef to Cuisine. Oh, in fact, did. in fact, the French gourmet was our of. Uh, Vineyard, uh not Vineyard. He was our purveyor of the year at our award ceremony this year. Wow. Michelle. See, well right.
2: Michelle's gonna be there. And mm-hmm. you know, such a small world. I've it known Michelle professionally for years and years and years. And Jodi who is the wine director, well, she buy wine director there and I mean I I feel like Jodi is like jack of all trades there as well. Yeah. Um I've known her for years and she's a member of Women's Wine Alliance and it really I mean it is I love this alliance. Thing. It just is such a small world. You okay. need to join and, it. I told and you we're really going to stop
1: ago. a minute and pull back because I just want to stop here and talk about this test cuz people are saying what is it? And I'd like you to take a minute and talk about the three parts of sure. it and what's involved and how uh, all me, that happens. Let me
0: start this because I want to just talk. I might real need more wine about... to talk about. Okay, I know. Do you want more white? We actually need to try the um, the Maverick yeah, by Cheval, yeah. which is really fun. This is uh, Lisa said brought it. It's a uh, all Sangiovese, uh-huh. Sangiovese blend. So the sommelier exam um, from my memory is probably different from what it currently is, and I took it in 1995 and. My memory of it was, I shouldn't say my memory of it, my memories of it are vast and endless because um, I was at the time the buyer and educator in my restaurant in Colorado, and I was back home um, visiting my dad and took the exam at the top of the World Trade Center before it went down. So I was right down the hall from uh, Kevin Zarelli's wine course uh, at the top of the Twin Towers, and I had to do that whole horrible herding of cows through the subway system to get there uh, those three mornings in a row. And what we did with the exam, and I'm sure you you can attest this, but you basically spent, um, was it two, maybe it was two days. I can't remember. It seemed like it was forever. But you'd go in and you have this very intensive hammering of information by multiple instructors. And you don't really have much time to do anything but just... Listen and hope you already know it, because if you don't already know it, you're not going to do so well. So I had been been practicing and studying, but mostly teaching kind of on my own in Colorado, doing little 101 classes, and that's what solidified a lot of information for me. And I had some incredible people at that sommelier exam instructing Andrea Immer Robinson, at the time Andrea Immer, who is still, to me, one of my, you know, the people that I would look up to in the wine world for sure. And she was by far the best instructor there, and the most clear, articulate, and full of, I think, correct information. But then weirdly, I had some other people who were you know, currently they work in the industry, they are buyers at restaurants or whatever, and they would take on, say, one guy was, for instance, teaching the Italian part of this this couple days before you take the exam. And he would say things that I knew were incorrect, and it was really hard sitting there. And we had a class of about 40 sub people doing the test, and he's t- teaching us things. For instance, he was talking about Montepulciano grape being from Montepulciano, and I I had to just stop him because – when you hear something that's wrong, and he's teaching all these people who, and Italian is not most people's strong suit, just is the one thing that I happen to be strong in. But I had I had to stop him and say, "Wait a second, do you? Can we re, re, just re, like back up here and get this clear?" And he had a look on his face like, "Oh crap!" Like I'm teaching these people the wrong, the wrong thing, and they've got to take an exam on this at, tomorrow. You know. So basically, you go in, you get hit with all this information. You can be taking notes, you can be talking to each other after the t- after that first day. They get you get one break and then the next day you go in, you do the same thing all over again and they say, "Oh, take a 10-minute break." And you come back in and they're like, "Oh, and here's the exam, by the way." But you're like, oh, What? What?" You know, and it's this instant shock for a second. And that back then it was all multiple choice. Is that the first one still? Mm-hmm. It's all multiple choice. And you have, I don't remember. It was like a half hour, 40 minutes to take it. And I took it and seven minutes later I was done. And I was looking around the room going, Oh darn it. <laughs> Am I not supposed to be finished? Something's wrong. That was something's wrong. It was too easy. But then like any multiple choice, you think you don't go back. You can't go back and regat like you, you used your gut to do this. And obviously I passed and I know I did well, but, um, I, I thought it was awesome. I, I was like, wow, this would be great. I'm sure I could go on to the advanced. But let us now talk about how different that is. So when you do the advanced <clears throat> class and advanced test, which I did not ever bother to do, well, my life went a different direction. Tell at, us about that.
2: Well, you know, too, you know, when I started with the quartermaster sommelier, it went introductory to advanced. Yeah. But now there's a middle. Oh. There's something called the certified sommelier.
0: Okay. That's what it was called when I took it. And, um...
2: When you become a certified somalia, you can add that onto your business card and it's an official title. And, and really, between the certified, the advanced, and the MS exam, they're all the same format. So you have a theory portion, then you have um, a service portion, and then you have a... Blind tasting. Blind tasting. And it's all the same. Mm. Certified is a little bit... Different in the fact that at least um, – and I haven't taken it, but it's written. Um, so, And it's two wines. But then for the advanced and the MS, it's six wines. Mm. And, um, and then it's time, 24 minutes. So um, that's – but the thing that especially after doing this for so long, you really can't excel in service or in blind tasting without being a master in theory. You know, and because what you taste in the glass is really the whys of where and what and how wine is produced in certain regions. So you really have to have strong theory. Um, so the, those are the three, those are the three um, exams. And so. 24 minutes? In twenty well six wines in twenty four minutes
0: is that? That's it's the twenty blind t- t- yeah. The t- blind tasting right. t- is t- 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 twenty four mm-hmm. minutes, not the whole everything.
2: No, no, no. So if
3: you're yeah. a nervous test taker and you've got that time ticking in your head, it makes it even a little bit harder.
2: So one of the things that um, that's why you that's why you practice, that's why you practice a lot. But you know the other thing too is that when you take the MS exam, your theory is oral, and um, I am a great written test taker, not such a great oral test taker and that's really where I've you know for me it's i walked out of both MS exams kicking myself because I'm like oh I knew so many of those answers and the minute Mm -hmm. the pressure of not taking the test was off like it was like a floodgate all these answers Uh, like and I'm like
0: blast the brain
2: (laughs) so really for me yes I'm focusing on theory but also improving my test taking abilities and you know and to let 's just talk about like people don 't want to talk about it, but stress management is the other thing that 's really important, and so you know, taking care of yourself, working you know working out, and not like the week of the exam, but like making that making that a constant uh, making that a constant in how you study is really important because when the day comes it 's no big deal mm-hmm. um, starting this week i 'll be working. With Courtney Quinn, who's an MW candidate, Master, who who again? Love Courtney. She's amazing. Yeah, and she's another one who took my class. Who is a mentee, and now she's my mentor, wow. and I just think that's an amazing, amazing circle. right? I there. used great. to be
0: the manager for beverage at a restaurant when I first started in San Diego, and Brian Donigan was one of my bartenders, oh. and he still tells me today <laughs> that I taught him about wine, and he and I always like, oh my god, Brian, he's totally surpassed me so far. It's hilarious, but well, God bless him. And but he's again, so that's great. like
2: the circle, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, so we're going to start practicing theory, but in a timed, timed, you know. She's going to come up with so many questions. I have that much time. And then so you get used to, like, knowing what does an hour feel like? Mm -hmm. You know, what does an hour and a half feel like? Okay. So So we've
1: got three tests you take, and it costs $995 to take this exam, master's exam?
2: For the MS exam, yeah.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And... Just before we leave, because we're going to stop here and we're going to come back for the next segment and we're going to talk about how much wine has exploded here in San Diego County. But the, the thing that gets me is blind tasting. Talk to me just for a minute about blind tasting and how on earth you taste this and say, oh, this came from this region in France, from that appellate. And the vintage must be that year. I
0: don't think that's a one-minute answer.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's actually really a one-word answer.
0: Oh, do it. Practice. Uh, Yeah. That's it. A lot of I think we could talk about that in our next segment anyway. Mm-hmm. We
1: sure can'. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you for being with us today, and I've got a plug since we're talking about wine today. I do not want you to miss the La Jolla Pino Wars. It's going to be California versus Oregon in a Pino showdown on the grounds of an exclusive La Jolla home. It's going to be a remarkable food and wine pairing. It's a fundraiser for the, for the Chefs de Cuisine Education Foundation. It's going to be Wednesday, May 15th, from 6 to 8.30 p.m. Uh, $45 a person, $40 for CDC members. Reservations open on April 8th, Monday. And go to www.sdchefs.com and do not miss the La Jolla Pino Wars. And now that about does it for this segment. I'm Don Williamson.
0: I'm Elaine Auditsoni. I want to thank our two guests, Lisa Redwine and Lisa Kelly.
1: And we want to thank you for being on the front burner.
0: Have a great day.